0: thanks guys Hey good morning, everybody. It is good to be with you i 'm Eric Wakeling, one of the pastors here at Calvary Church, and we are excited to be able to share with you today uh, just more about this whole vision that God has for Calvary, this vision and, and this series that we 're calling together we go because We believe that we're better together and it's good for us to be better together, but we can't just be better together and just sit here and and enjoy our togetherness. The point is, is that together we go. Together we go to make an impact for Jesus Christ in our world, in our community, to make his name great. So together we go. Now today we're focusing in on together we grow. Because if we want to fulfill this vision, we have to be growing people. Now, here's, here's the vision, right? Calvary seeks to be a church family that is better together. So last week, we talked about that, about being a family, that we want to be a family together, recognizing that we want to be welcoming new people into our family. We want this to be a safe family and a good family to be part of. We want to be a, a, a kind and loving family, and we need to be together t- we, to be able to be better together, that whole thing. Now, family's messy sometimes, right? Family has is, is got struggles, got difficulty, but it's good, it's worth it, it's rich. And then this next phrase is what we'll focus on today, that we're a church family that's better together, but here it is, being changed by the gospel. Being changed by the gospel to love like Jesus across all cultures and generations. So today we're focusing in on this, that we are growing, we are being changed continually. And you're going to see kind of like a display, an image here uh, of— of what this looks like, and we'll talk more about that as we go, and you'll kind of figure out your little sticky note as we go as well with this, but that we are continually changed. We never stop growing, and so sort of the basic point of this is that we need to be more like ears and noses okay? Today we need to be more like ears and noses and end up looking like Yoda when we're old, okay? Because ears and noses never stop growing. Even when the rest of our bodies stop, they keep going, all right? So you can see even that weird kind of picture before and after where uh, this guy's nose and ears just keep going. They just keep growing for the rest of your whole life. Yeah, I see a few of you are looking nervous. uh, If the size is already where it's at now, you're kind of unsure of what it's going to be then. Uh, But you'll be okay. Uh, But so we always got to grow. We got to be like that where we never stop we never stop growing because when growth stops decay begins when growth stops decay begins that we must continue to grow or we begin to die and that has to be our hope for ourselves as individuals and our hope for our church. Is that we'd be a healthy, growing people as part of a healthy, growing church. And there's a lot that takes place. Like If you want to see this vision fulfilled up there of us loving like Jesus across cultures, generations, seeing the name of Christ made known, great in the world, people's lives being transformed, for all of that, we have to be willing to continue to grow and be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's this whole thing. Together we grow so that together we go. And you know, like within all of this, of just this, this week with the election and, and everything that's kind of like taking place with it this week, you have this nation of ours where you have half of our country, about half of our country, where you have a group of people that are, are upset, disappointed, and even some that are afraid. And within that, you have some of those people, their upsetness or fear, some of it's reasonable and it, and it makes sense. And some of it's kind of irrational. Then you have another half of our country that is like, relieved and feels saved by these results and somehow feels a sense of victory. And within that, some of that like relief and, you know, and, and all that feeling is reasonable and some of it's irrational. And what I want us to, to recognize when we consider where we're at is that as the, the church, as, as us, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be people who say, we need our more conservative-minded people, and we need our more liberal-minded people, and we need to actually say, we are better together, right? I guarantee you that there are people in this room today of both of those, like, feelings. People that feel upset and people that feel afraid and people that feel relieved and somehow saved because of the results of this election. We have both sitting together in this room. Do we really believe that we can be better together in the midst of that? We have to. And we also have to recognize that the gospel of Jesus Christ is what is central and more important than any of that. If what we see as victory is Jesus Christ's name being made known and people's lives being transformed and changed through him, then we've got it right. All else is secondary, okay? I just want to put that out there. If we want to be better together, we have to be willing to, to grow together and work together well with our friends of different opinions. And then, you know, Jesus kind of throws this little thing in there that kind of is always hard where he says, oh yeah, I love your enemies too, by the way right? You know? <laughs> and that's sometimes hard. And so we have to respond well to this, because together we grow, and together we go. This is not passive. This is active as we go out to make an impact on the kingdom, uh, on the world for the kingdom of God. And, and so let's look a little bit more into this. We need to be continually changed by the gospel in order to grow. Uh, I encourage you, if you haven't already, grab your little bulletin thing here. It's got notes, stuff on it. Uh, on the first page, Uh, As we think about being changed by the gospel, I want us first here to say, uh, to look into this question of, okay, well, what is the gospel? We need to be able to clearly explain what the gospel is. And I love this here. I want to just read this to you of what is the gospel, and then we'll look a little bit into 1 Corinthians 15. The gospel is the saving truth of God, revealed in the person of his Son, the words of Scripture, and the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the good news. It's good news that Jesus is God who became man, lived the perfect life we could never live, died on a cross, bearing the sins of humanity, and rose from the dead so that we might become children of God through faith. It is the love and grace of God, not the goodness of our works, that brings forgiveness of sin, newness of life, and hope for what's to come. That's the gospel, and it's— that, that gospel living, as it talks about here, it's, it's not just something that happened once. Okay? We, we aren't just saved, and then we're just sort of done. Right? We're not just saved, and then we're waiting for the day when we die and go to heaven. That's not what it's like. like I, don't, I don't know if you've ever been driving. Have you been driving, and like all of a sudden you just— Like I, I know for me, like I'm driving, and I know— I was supposed to go to the store on the way home, and then all of a sudden I'm pulling into my driveway. You know, and I'm just like, I have no idea how I got there or what happened in between, or your three exits past your, you know, your exit on the freeway or whatever. Because we're just on cruise control. And I think that as we have at times, like this, this faith that is just on cruise control, where you think, oh, I was saved and now I'm done. That's, you know, that's not the way. We are saved by grace, and we live by grace. We're saved by the good news of Jesus, and we live from the good news of Jesus. We have to live that out each day. We have to wake up, get out of cruise control, and begin to pay attention to what we're doing with our lives and what our lives are about. That we must continually grow and be changed by the gospel throughout our lives Now, the gospel is also expressed so amazingly well and clear by Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. And he says this in verse 1. He says, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you. Okay, so he's saying, here it is. The gospel, straight up, which I preach to you, in which uh, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved. So it is according to this good news of Jesus— Belief in in the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is, that we are saved. Then in verse 3, it kind of starts to line out, 3 to 8, okay, what is that gospel? And it says, "'For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures.'" And that he appeared then, after he came back to life, he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter. Then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. Most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep, which is an expression for dying. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. So again, Paul writing this. And Paul says, for I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. It is by the grace of God alone. And so we see that's... What the gospel is, those are the facts of the gospel, that is what the gospel is about, and that the gospel is about transformed lives through Jesus. And we saw Peter's life be transformed from one that was a hothead that would deny he even knew Jesus to one that was this incredible leader of the early church. We see Paul, who calls himself the like worst sinner of all time, basically, and he says my life has been changed and transformed. You see James, that it talks about, the brother of Jesus. I mean, can you imagine your own brother is God in flesh? You know, it was like one of the hardest people to believe in Jesus as God was James because of that. And that's like that's crazy, right? If you're like, growing up with somebody and they're slugging you in the arm or whatever, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, that's yeah. Guess what? That's God. Oh, crazy. So. He, though, even had his life transformed. That the gospel transforms lives through who Jesus is. And so, what I hope for for us in this is that we don't just know the gospel, but we are inspired and moved by the good news of Jesus, that it it affects the way we live our lives, that it would so inspire us that we'd want to tell people about who Jesus is, that we'd want to live our life differently, that we'd care about others in different ways because of the good news of Jesus. And that's what we hope for when we say being changed by the gospel and this vision, that we want to continually be being changed by this good news of Jesus and that it inspires us in how we live like Jesus and love like him across all cultures and generations. So I just wanted to give a a few images of uh, what this growth looks like. Okay, what this being continually changed by the gospel looks like. And the first is that we're like a plant. And we got a video going. We also have this incredible artwork happening here too of how we are like a plant. The seed is planted in the ground. And this seed then, as it's taking in these nutrients, these roots start to sprout um, forth going down, and then it starts to sprout upward in this new life. But it has to keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. And it's bringing in more nutrients and more sunlight and taking in what it needs as it grows and grows and grows. That we are called to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, as we keep growing throughout our life. We keep growing more and more and more because remembering again that when growth stops, decay begins. Um, and then what's, what's also so important is we don't just keep growing just to look pretty, but we also want to bear good fruit. Colossians 1.10 says, so that you will walk In a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we bear fruit in our lives, that our lives are to have like have something that shows, something that our life is about, that we do, that we make some sort of impact. We bear fruit for God in this world. And fruit is a a very multiplying sort of thing, that even as that fruit then goes out, then new plants begin from that fruit. So we must bear fruit. We must continually be growing. And we have a role in this growth ourselves. We do have a role in this. But we are not changing ourselves, alone. We have to recognize that through all of this, that the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the work that Christ has done in us, is the work that both saves us and sanctifies us. Okay? Saved by grace, live by grace. That whole thing. We continue to recognize that Holy Spirit work in our life. Galatians 3.3. 3, this is a cool verse. It says, it starts off pretty intense, okay? It says, are you so foolish? Like, I mean, that's a, that's a tough beginning, right? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Because we know, we get it. It was even happening back then in the first century that, yeah, we get that we're saved by grace. But we don't really believe that we grow through that grace as well. Right? We, we're we saved by the Spirit. Like we get that that work is begun by the Holy Spirit's work in our life. But we easily forget that it's still about the Holy Spirit's work in our life each day. And so we need to be praying and and calling out, crying out to the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to grow us, to change us, to make us people who are bearing good fruits. 2 Corinthians 3.18 also says this, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. We are continually being transformed by the Holy Spirit. That's what's happening in our lives. So we cooperate with the work of the Spirit in our life. We rely on the work of the Spirit in our life. We depend on that. And so um, as we do that, then, we bear fruit, right? We bear fruit in our life. But there's also, it talks about in Galatians 5, about the fruit of the Spirit. It talks about uh, the living in the flesh, and then there's this fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what Galatians 5 describes as the fruit of the Spirit. We bear this fruit through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I have to say even again here as we think about, you know, this, this week and just everything that's kind of taken place with with, within the election and kind of within all of the crazy rhetoric and dialogue that's happened this week, is that whether we feel like we've won something, if you feel like you've won, or you feel like you're right, <laughs> it doesn't actually mean that you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit. You can win, and you can be right, and still be completely in sin and living out of the flesh. So what I want to challenge our church to be is if we are followers of Jesus Christ, living not by the flesh but by the Spirit of God in our lives, whether we feel like we win or we lose, whether we feel like we're right and they're wrong, we still must bear the fruit of the Spirit in that winning, in that rightness that you might have or you might think you have. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love. Think about interactions you've had this week. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit in all of the moments of our lives. No matter what's happening around us, that's that's what we display. That's what we're about. We have to remember that. Okay? We are like a plant, always growing, always growing. We're not just like a plant. We're also like a fishing net, okay? So we're like a fishing net. And here's what I mean. So Ephesians 4, 12, it talks about, it says there's all sorts of different roles uh, of people within the church. And then it says, um, we have all these roles for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Now, this word equipping— uh, a root of this word in there, of this equipping of the saints, is to mend, okay? And is used at times uh, as a word for uh, mending fishing nets, fixing fishing nets, okay? That's like uh, part of the, the root of this word. Now, as we think about then equipping, equipping the saints for the work of service, we think about it like being like mending a net. And it's like, you know, you, you think about someone that's fishing with a net, and there's uh, Uh, a place that I've gone to even with my family doing some mission stuff and other things, this town called Sayulita, Mexico. And uh, that's a little fishing village, essentially, is how this town started. And there's a ton of people that go out fishing in the morning and they come back uh, from their boats with these nets and then you see in the afternoon just sitting under a shade tree uh, mending their nets. Like spending the afternoon just mending their nets. You know, it's kind of cool as you think about as you watch this. It's this whole process because when we say that what we need to do is we need to, be equi- we need to be like a fishing net, in that a fishing net gets mended, fishing net gets made, first of all, to be used, right? Throw out to try and catch fish. Now, when that net is used, that net begins to get broken down. It'll, it'll run onto something sharp, or the tooth of a fish, or whatever that might be, and it begins to get broken down. It begins to get worn out in some way. And so after that net is used, it needs to be mended. Now that net doesn't just get mended so that it can sit on display and look pretty somewhere, okay? That net gets mended so that it can then be used again to catch fish. And as it's being used to catch fish, it will begin to get broken down again. And it will begin to get worn out again. And then it needs to be mended so that it can be used again. And so when we are called as people to be fishers of men, as Christ says, to have our lives be about fishing for other people's lives to be transformed and to be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as we do that, as we are that net, we will be worn down. Sometimes we're tired. Sometimes we're hurt. Sometimes we're broken. And we need to be equipped We need to be mended so that not we can just sit here and look pretty, but so that we can be used. Together we grow, so together we go. That's why we're equipped. That's why we're mended. To be used. So we need to think of our growth in that way. We don't want to be like a tool that has never left the toolbox. It's shiny and pretty and perfect, but it actually has never done anything, right? We want to be people who are are used by God in awesome ways, in incredible ways that are hard, that sometimes can break us down. We don't want to be a show truck. We want to be a work truck, All right? We don't want to just be polished and pretty to be in like some sort of car show and just sit here and look nice. We want to be used by God. We want to like do work. Let's go, you know? This is what our lives are to be about. Not just like polished and mended to look good, but to be used by God. And then sometimes, that has that effect, uh, effect on us that we then need to be equipped even more and mended more and to go out. And so that's this image that I want for us when we think about this to be continually changed by the gospel to be effective for the gospel. Together we grow, so together we go. That's the point. That's the point of all of this. And so I ask a couple questions on this part. Is, is the news of Jesus still good news for you today? Or is it old news? Is it good news or old news? Because we don't want to just know about Jesus, but we want to be inspired by that and moved by the gospel to live lives that are different, to care about people differently, to express our faith, to share our faith, to be those fishers of men. And so we want to be different. I want the gospel to be something that we're not just changed by once, but it's continually inspiring us to live our life different. Okay, so we're like a plant, we're like a fishing net. And then thirdly, we're like a fitness enthusiast, okay? Like a fitness freak, person that works out all the time. Because 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. You know, that we have physical exercise as importance, but godliness is of what's the most importance. So we have to have discipline in our lives if we want to look like this dude, right? If we want to just be able to like lift giant tires like people do in CrossFit for some reason. I don't totally understand. But um, we, you know, we have to, like, if we want to be strong, we have to be disciplined. If we want to be healthy, growing people that are part of a healthy, growing church, there has to be some sort of discipline in that. Of exercising that, working that out, practicing it. And then also, the thing is that fitness freaks are also health nuts. They care about what they take into their body. It's not just the exercise, but it's what uh, goes into the body as well. Uh, Hebrews five twelve to 14 says this. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. So he's saying, hey, you should already have matured enough to be able to teach this stuff. He says, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Alright, so we need to be able to eat well, <laughs> we need to be able to consume good things. And so if we've just begun this relationship with God, this, this journey of walking as a disciple of Jesus, then we need milk. We need basic things. We need to learn the foundations. We need to be disciple. Just that whole thing to be disciple just means to be have someone help you to learn what it means to follow Jesus. We need those basics. Right? But then as we grow up more and as we mature more in the faith, we should be moving on to deeper stuff, harder stuff, more challenging things. A message that says, hey, your life isn't just to sit and listen, your life is to go. So don't just sit there getting fat on all the stuff you're consuming, but use it, exercise it, practice it, take it out in the world and share with the world who Jesus is. So that's how we are to be like a fitness enthusiast, all right? So we're, we're fitness freaks, we're fishing nets, and we're plants. And within all of that, you know, as we consider this vision and how we are changed by the gospel, I just think there's a few ways, these aren't in your, in your notes or anything, if you want to jot them down, you can. There's a few ways I think that we grow, okay? One of the ways I think that we grow is through suffering, Okay? Really hard things that happen in our life, and we suffer through it. You know, I know um, I've referred, referred to this before, but several years ago, um, B and I experienced the whole thing of where we had a miscarriage, lost a baby due to miscarriage. And I know it affects different people in different ways. And for us, it was it was really hard. It was really hard. And I just remember, though, in the midst of that season of time for us, is where uh, I really digging into, like, okay, what does this all mean, then, Lord? Like, what does this mean? When Job, you're talking to Job, and he says these things of you give and take away, but Job still chooses to say, blessed be your name to God. And it's like, oh, that's, that stuff's hard. Once it, You know, you can talk about it, but living it out in the real, in whatever way it might have been for you, uh, of suffering, in different moments of suffering, we tend to grow in those moments, though trials, maybe different than some sort of deep suffering struggles, like, you know, whether that's like some sort of job-related struggle, financial struggle, different times in our life where you, you struggle with finances, you know, for us. And it has to be that thing of, okay, Lord, do I really trust in you? or Do I trust in this money? You know, and I have to dig into that too and, and really pursue God and pray through it. And Lord, you know, what, what do I trust in? It is a growing time, even though it was a, a trial. Suffering, trials doubt is i think another way that we grow i know for me like i have seasons where just times where it's crazy you know you just sort of like wake up in the middle of the night and you're like oh is this all fake like did somebody just make this all up like do i even believe this and like i have those moments myself and i think like the thing is in those moments is is it's 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 okay and good to doubt it depends what you do with that then that can make it, like, healthy or unhealthy. But I think what, what that's done in my life, it's, like, caused me to dig in, to, like, lean in, to study the Word of God, to pray, to ask the Lord to help me in the midst of that. And sometimes that's just, like, the big picture of, like, does God exist? Is all of this real or not? Sometimes it's even, like, different points of, of doctrine or belief. Like, what do I believe about this issue or that issue? And had doubt on, on what I believe about it, which causes me to dig into it and study it and research and pray. And so I encourage you. In doubt, it's, it's normal to have a season of doubt. But, like, dig into it. Lean into it. Talk to the Lord about it. Study the scriptures about that. And you'll grow. We grow in those times. Um, so suffering, trials, doubt, discipline. Discipline is a way that we grow, as we talked about. You know, I know uh, I've, I've had different sort of types of discipline patterns in my life. Whether that's, you know, like... A few, more than a few times, probably doing the whole one-year Bible thing where you read through the Bible in a year. One time, did the 90-day Bible, read through the Bible in 90 days, which was good, but like really, like really hard uh, and long. But uh, you know that. But like different disciplines are like for me, it's good for me to go on like a. Uh, I like to do every once in a while a solo trip, just two three days on my own. Usually involves hiking in some way, just to spend time with the Lord. For me, hiking and praying is, like, my best way to, to pray, I like, to walk and pray. I like to do that. It helps me be disciplined, and I pray out loud, and then I, like, even sing songs out loud and stuff while I'm, like, hiking out somewhere. And then I'll come around the corner, and there'll be a person right there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a weirdo, you know? It's like, uh, <laughs> but it's just good for me. It's, like, good for you to know what helps you, you know, what, what works for you, and to have patterns of discipline that help you grow, uh, I think another way we grow is serving in ways that we're uncomfortable, okay? Serving in ways that are, are more difficult for us or awkward for us. Like I know sometimes for me, it's really hard to just start a conversation with somebody I don't know. Like that's something that's uncomfortable for me. Maybe it is for you. But like it always ends up being good when I do, but it's hard. And, and so stepping into that is a, is a growth moment for me. Uh, I do this thing where uh, Pastor Dave does as well, and I volunteer as Santa Ana Police Department chaplains. And part of that that's like I have to sort of step into some like awkward, uncomfortable. It's like you know, this is the sort of thing where you show up and you show up to like a roll call kind of moment, and then they are going to just assign you like, oh, the chaplain's here. Who, who, who has to ride along with him tonight, you know? And, you know, and it's like everybody's ducking down. And like, uh, you know, but there's that moment where it's hard to, like, go do something where, you know, there's a group of people that it usually ends up being good. But, you know, like, it's just, hey, man, I want to just be in my car on my own tonight. I want to have this chaplain guy with me, you know, that, that sort of thing. But to step in and do it can be, like, a challenge. But it's a growing sort of a thing to serve in ways that you are uncomfortable And then finally, too, I just think allowing things to be different than your personal preference for the sake of the other person. We grow when we say, you know what, what I prefer or what I want is less important than the good of this other person growing or this other person meeting Jesus or whatever that might be. There's moments like we grow when we are willing to put ourselves second and to put someone else first. So there's all sorts of these sorts of ways for you, probably, however that is, in doubt, suffering, trials, discipline, serving in ways that are uncomfortable, whatever that might be. And so we want to be growing people. And we have some steps, okay, just some some next steps to consider when it comes to being growing people. And these are on the second page in here in more detail, but on the screen as well. And the, the first is this, just to... Consider where you're at when it comes to, to Jesus and the gospel, this good news of Jesus. I'd say this first step is to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you, uh, you know, if we talk about how, hey, we're continually being changed by the gospel, the first step of that is to say, yeah, okay, I believe in this. I believe in you, Jesus, that you are God. I need you to forgive me of the sin in my life. I know I need you to be the Lord of my life and not myself. And that, that moment is that first step in the journey. And so I encourage you today, if you've never taken that first step, to take it. That we're going to have some time of worship after. There'll be people at the prayer points. I'll be over there. I'd love to pray with you about that. But I encourage you to take that first step. If you've taken that first step, but you've never been baptized, as was talked about before, that's a a step of obedience into publicly proclaiming, this is who I am. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to take that step of growth. A, A third thing is just to find some ways here at Calvary that we can help you with your growth that could be some basic discipleship kind of stuff, where another person that's a little farther along in the journey just kind of walk with you of what does it look like to follow Jesus. It could be that you are needing more solid food and we've got some different kinds of opportunities then for you to grow more deeply. And uh, what we've got in here as well is this thing. It's the fourth thing. It's the spiritual self-assessment. And what I encourage you to do, I think this could be really helpful. It's just 17 different things, like implications of what does it look like to be a healthy growing person. A healthy growing person as part of a healthy growing church, right? And these different things have have, uh, different questions for you to ask yourself. And for you to do a little assessment of yourself. And to find the areas that you need to grow in more. You know, you'll find strength areas, and you'll find some areas that you need to grow in. And that could be, you know, maybe how you focus, how you focus in on those areas of growth for you. So I encourage you to use this little, it's a two-page deal, this uh, little self-assessment of your spiritual growth. And then finally, I just challenge you to commit to pray. To pray for your growth, to pray for the growth of our church. When we believe that the Holy Spirit does the work— We pray and we ask the Holy Spirit to work. And so that's what we have to do. If we really believe that, pray and pray for it. Commit to be people of prayer who pray for uh, our own personal growth. But just... Pray for our church, that we'd see this vision fulfilled, you know? That we'd see, like, people knowing Jesus, that we would love like Jesus to people across all cultures and generations. That we would see us be continually changed by the gospel and become more of that church family that's better together. And that's what we need to pray through. And so here's how we'll respond right now today, okay? Right now today, we're going to respond through a couple things. We have the stations around the room. You can come. There's tables around the room that you can come and give. You give your offering there. Uh, You can take communion there. Uh, When you receive communion is where you can uh, remember that as you eat the bread, you remember that Jesus' body was given for you. That when he died on the cross, he gave his body for you. When you drink from the cup, You're remembering that he shed his blood for you. So we can come around to the stations, go to the prayer points. But also, this is the time where you can take this little sticky note, apple, okay? And take this from your bulletins. And if you need to get up, when everybody's getting up anyway, so it's no big deal, and go grab one in the back if you didn't get one. But to write on here, just an answer to this question. What's the one way you are growing right now? Another way of phrasing that could be, what's the one way that Jesus is discipling you right now? The way that He is shaping you into being a follower of Him more and more. And so this could be a variety of different things. You could be growing in your courage, you know, and being brave. This could be growing and being able to talk about Jesus. This could be growing and being more disciplined. This could be growing and working towards more emotional health in your life. This could be... Growing to see that that change is a good thing. You know, when maybe you're a person that likes it to be a little more safe and comfortable. But it's good for you to recognize that growth and change are are pretty intertwined. This could be that you're growing to care about others more than yourself. It could be growing... Uh, in that you want to see Jesus' name made known more than the the other things that you care about in your life made known. So write that. What's the one way Jesus is discipling you right now? And then we're going to sing a few songs. We're going to have the next 15 minutes just singing a few songs. And in that time, I just encourage you in that time, not all right now and like making some big long line. Okay, let's just kind of like get over that. Like take some time, just pray through this. Maybe look at the self-assessment, sing a little. Over the course of these next 15 minutes, come to the stations, and then come place your apple up onto um, the display of this tree, this beautiful tree that represents Christ as the vine and us as the branches that are bearing fruit for him. That we want to be people who bear fruit. that We're continually growing, bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for your incredible love for us, your care for us, your saving work, Lord Jesus, the perfect life that you lived, the death you died to take the sin of the world upon yourself, but your power, your power displayed through your resurrection, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would trust in your Holy Spirit to do that work of growth in our lives. And that we would be people who aren't just saved by grace, but live by grace. That really are growing people, and we're a growing church. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.